Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Welcome to another great episode of the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. This show just keeps getting better and better, more exciting. We're meeting more incredible young adults and professionals, and today is no different. I am proud, along with my co-hosts, Ed Sanderson and Capri Suarez, to introduce Sophie Anderson with us. I've had the privilege of meeting Sophie throughout the past year and her incredible leadership skills with Rotary and Rotaract, but she's also going to be an incoming freshman at Georgia Institute of Technology, and we have a lot to discuss with that. She is a mover and a shaker, and we've got some things we're to go through. So welcome, welcome, Ed, Capri, and Sophie. Hello, Hi. hello. Hi. Sorry, so, today, Sophie. Sophie. Oh. Um, go ahead. Sorry. You guys are interested in her well-being. You guys can handle that. <laughs> okay, let's start over. <laughs> Sophie, how are you today? We heard this is your first podcast. I hope you're not too nervous. No, I'm very excited. I've done a few interviews, but ne- never a podcast. So I'm, I'm quite excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we're lucky to have you. We'll let Ed ask his first question. <laughs> I'm sure. You like to make fun of them here. Oh, yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to try to make it. So <laughs> I got an eight-part question for you, Sophie. Oh, so let me just start I, with. I, I, I forgot my bullet points at home, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to remember them. Uh, I'm going to try to make it really simple. Um, in some of the information that Amy provided for us, um, there was a, a, a statement in there, kind of like in your bio, that said that you come from an environment, a home, that stress STEM and volunteering, outreaching to the community. Can you tell me a little bit about that aspect of your life? And obviously it's had a significant impact. How did that come to be? Yes, so both of my parents are fantastic. I feel so lucky to be in this family. My dad- I never hear anybody say that. I know. (laughs) And I'm calling my kids. It's fantastic. But my dad from a very young age uh, was working in manufacturing and um, continued pursuing robotics, STEM, and and currently works for a research company um, where he's doing like manufacturing analysis. And when I was growing up, he would constantly like sit me down. He's like, okay, let's work through some math problems. I'm like, really dad? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that sounds right. (laughs) Yes, but it it has turned into quite a great relationship and I've I've learned to really understand and love STEM. But on the other side, my mom is also extremely intelligent um, in different domains. She's currently the PTSA president of my school and she's been working so diligently. And I'm so inspired by her to Um, increase the amount of funding that we have for our school. Currently, we're in declining enrollment for our entire district. And a a large reason for that is because of um, like the facilities at the school aren't the best. So she's been a strong advocate. And that throughout my whole life has inspired me to pursue both STEM as well as giving back to my community because I know how important that is. Wow. Go mom. Yeah, I'm very proud. (laughs) That's incredible. Um, Amy has told us that your part or you guys know each other and met through the Rotary Club. Um, I'm assuming that you have a really large um, 
or you spend a lot of your time there helping and serving others. Do you, are you involved in any other volunteering activities? Wow, I got really tripped up on that one. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes words don't really come to me either, but I, I love to volunteer. Um, besides Interact, which is how I'm mostly involved in Rotary. Can I, you explain real quick what Interact is for those that aren't familiar oh, with yes. Rotary International yes. and all that's about? Yes. So Rotary International is the largest international service organization, or at least one of them. Um, And they do a lot of humanitarian work, but they also sponsor community clubs where they're doing work uh, within the community to support hunger, uh, women and children. They have a lot of different areas of focus. And Interact is the high school division of Rotary. So we have clubs at the school and they're sponsored by local Rotary clubs. And I've been a part of Interact since middle school because my my grandfather was a Rotarian and he uh, so kindly encouraged me to get involved. So I have to say, I just have to do a quick interjection that the Interact in Orange County, California, this group that Sophie's a part in, a part of are outstanding. I am so blown away by these young adults. It's not even funny. Like they are just wow. And they have my heart. That's it. (laughs) Thank you. It it really is like, I, I wouldn't trade the people who I work with for anything. So Oh, me either. (laughs) Sweet as that. Sorry, please continue, Sophie. So if Capri had asked, besides Rotary, are you involved in other outreaches as well? (laughs) Yes, yes. No, no worries. I, um, one of my favorite things that I've done for the past two-ish years is I volunteer at Mission Mission Viejo Mission Hospital, um, which is our local hospital. I started serving in the maternity ward um, where I would help new mothers with just simple things like handing them water, helping them leave the hospital, um, sometimes like cleaning out paperwork. Like I wasn't I wasn't working miracles there. I wasn't giving birth to the children or helping that process in any way. But it started small. And then this summer, so about a year ago, I uh, took a bigger role in the admission hospital and joined the board um, where I helped pioneer like a, a helmet distribution process. So the, the process had already existed, but I brought it into like a more consistent form uh, through the gift shop. So I think since the start of January of this year, we've distributed over like 260 helmets to young kids for free. So that's been fantastic. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Thank you. And she's still in high school, everyone. I just want, as you're wow. hearing words coming out of her mouth, I want everybody to realize that she's still in high school for another couple weeks. Yeah, almost just a few days, actually. So I'm excited to graduate. Yes, I'll be speaking at graduation. So I'm excited to, to be there and to speak and to be with all my friends. So it's kind of crazy. It's very impressive. Congratulations. Thank How you. the heck do you have time for friends with everything you got going on? <laughs> Luckily, the friends are built into what I do, so nice. that's that's the way to do it. I, I want to know how you built in the academia. Ooh, all I don't know. It's just always been a, a part of who I am. I love learning. I love more than just like memorizing concepts or, or getting a good grade. I really love understanding um, what we're learning and and how questioning it. That's just been been a part of what my parents have stressed to me. And I, I'm so excited to, to pursue higher academics, potentially beyond a, a bachelor's degree as well. Wow. So you're going to Georgia Tech in the fall, right? Congratulations. Yes. Thank um, you. Do you know what you want to do there, or what you're majoring in, and maybe a possible career? Because I'm sure you have many, many bright ideas. 
Thank you. Well, well, I'm very open to, to change and I know that life will fly at me and I'll hopefully react. <laughs> um, I am currently planning on majoring in biomedical engineering uh, with minors potentially in uh, public policy or political science. Um, I'm considering like going down like an MD PhD route in bioengineering where I'd be able to work with um, developing uh, in vitro fertilization new techniques. Currently it's like extraordinarily expensive to do in vitro fertilization in the US um, and if the systems haven't been updated in so long. Um, so there's much, much need for that. Wow. Well, I've just fired myself, just so you all know. Like, <laughs> everything I thought that I was excited about what I've done in the last 50 years just went You're out. You're 18, right? Did I hear that right? Because you yeah, don't I'm or you don't act like an 18-year-old. Oh, <laughs> I think I came out a bit early, but who knows? Ed, we're giving you the floor now because I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a little speechless too, but I wanted to Did back up you? to um, the activities around Engage. So, yes. Um, you know, this program that you put together, it sounds like it's a bit of a grassroots type of approach. Um, can you talk about the motivation behind that and what ambition do you have for that program beyond your days in uh, high school? So the program started during COVID. It was the end of my sophomore year. I had already been super involved in Interact and some other forms of service. And my friends were starting to come to me and they were like, Sophie, like, how do you get involved in, in service? I want to, I'm interested in environmental science or something like that. And I, I don't want to just take classes. I want to do something in my community, but I don't know where to go. Um, help, please. <laughs> so I figured I have a lot of connections to the community. Why not bring those people together and create a space where students can connect with those organizations face-to-face -face and learn about their opportunities, sign up to volunteer. It started incredibly small. It started with, I, I had like massive dreams for making this like a county-wide thing the first time we did it. But we, we run in-person fairs where these organizations come to the school initially and meet with the kids. And the first fair had two organizations. And I was like, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it was to start something. To, to communicate a message that hasn't been heard before and to rope people into being willing to take that risk and to put in that effort. So like I said, started small, uh, two organizations at the first fair, which was the fall of my junior year. And then I reached out to some friends and I said, hey, like this is my, this is my vision. Um, I think beyond just connecting students with opportunities, I think there are val extreme value um, in a program like Engage. For example, kids whose parents don't have connections to business who otherwise wouldn't get these opportunities or not volunteering to get the hours, but volunteering in something that they're extremely passionate in and learning how to develop that passion, learning soft skills. And, and even if you don't go on and volunteer with any of these organizations, coming to an in-person event where you have to sort of learn how to network there are a multitude of opportunities and benefits to a program like this. So fortunately, they were they were willing to two two of my friends were willing to uh, step in and help. And I did have um, there was a parent advisor, not my parent, but um, another one from the school. So the second fair was hosted at my high school during lunch. We had five organizations. So I like to tell people we more than doubled 
Um, <laughs> right? Not, it's true. It's true. And then I was like, this, this program is, is impacting students' lives. We saw um, when students would come up to the different booths, they would be like, their faces would light up because they thought that volunteering was only like beach cleanups, which some people really enjoy, but it's not for most people. So it really opened their eyes to the different possibilities of giving back. And then uh, this year, we have worked incredibly hard to make Engage a district-wide organization. Wow. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of work, but fantastic. So this year, we've hosted two fairs um, in partnership with um, a local city where we've had over 25 community organizations and a total of 150 student attendees, elementary to high school, from all different grades and all different schools. That is awesome. Mad love for that. I know, Sophie. mad love. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's, it's really been a joy to do. Mm -hmm. So Sophie, I don't know if you have an answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, you've built something, you're going off to college. If, I was gonna ask that. Good. if a young person said, I want to participate, right? But I don't know how to do that. Do you have like a template or a thing that you have where it allows this, this machine that you're building to continue to expand and create value for other communities? Yes. So one of the things that I'm most proud of is the fact that I've included younger leaders in my in the organization and started to mentor them. So this or engage will continue on. And one of the things that this is completely their decision if they if they want to. Um, but I think it would be so cool to expand engage beyond just uh, the Capital Unified School District to create a template or um, resources for students to create their own like independent engage fairs. Um, to, to create those connections and opportunities for other students. That's something that I hope to inspire my younger leaders to take on and, and potentially work with them. Because I think that this value just keeps multiplying the more that we're able to share, the more that we don't create this culture of um, like gatekeeping or um, like, no, this is mine. It's it's not. It's ours. That's what the, the point of this is. The point is to be engaged. And if we, we try and keep that to ourselves, I think we're doing ourselves and our community a disservice. I love that's, that. That's how Rotarians are. Test yeah. and match that four-way test. Yeah. <laughs> and Sophie embodies it. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Um, this has been on my plate for a few years. I just didn't know what to do with it, how to get it moving because there's a lot of moving pieces to make that happen, right? So you have mm -hmm. to have engagement from the community. You yes. have to have connections. You have to have a school that's interested and willing to bring that together. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love the fact that you said, hey, it, did, it was hard work <laughs> because these types of things are hard work. But I got to tell you, I haven't run this by my co-host yet, but I would love to have a, a connection on our website for this. Because yes. I think there are young people who want to do something. Yes. They're not really sure what or how to do it. And I think you've got a foundation here that I think could really take off and getting other schools involved, other districts involved, other counties involved. I think it has a lot of potential. So I don't know what we can do to help, but I like this idea a lot. And I, I've kind of wrestled with how to do it. And uh, Sophie, it sounds like you cracked the code. So well done. Well done. Thank you. Yes. And I realized I didn't answer that part of your question. We do have a website and a, an Instagram account 
we're currently working on like updating our handles and our domain because it says Dana Hills Engage, but we've expanded far beyond that. And we need to, we've kind of outgrown that uh, just Dana Hills, which is my high school. Yeah. Um, so I could point people to, to danahillsengage.com as well as our Instagram account um, at DHHS underscore engage. I'd be happy to provide that information to you because I like, honestly, if you could help spread this, that would make me yes. incredibly happy. And we will put those links in the show notes where everybody will be able to find those wherever you are listening or watching this now or in the future. We'll make sure that those links are there as well. And yes, we can absolutely add those to the Voice for Heroes nonprofit site so that that's also there as a secondary resource so we can help promote what amazing things that you have built and are doing. Thank you. Sophie, you sound kind of perfect. What's wrong with you? There's got to be something that you don't do well. Can you share? Like, are you a messy life? eater? Is your bedroom a mess? Like, oh, what is it? The bedroom, <laughs> my, my bedroom was the one I was My, I, I love to cook, but I can't clean up. Um, okay. <laughs> my bedroom is awful. I'm currently working uh, just on, like, my personal life and, and creating more balance. I, I, I've played sports for my entire life, but I've recently stopped. Um, because I was, I decided I don't want to swim anymore. I may play water polo in college, but it won't be that serious. But I'm trying to to find time within my life to to exercise for fun, to to be with friends outside of work, to um, just be mindful and and enjoy life a little bit more. So. Boy, isn't that an ongoing lifelong set of goals yes. right there? We yes. all have every, conversations with ourselves at all these different stages. Yeah, every single time I think I figure it out. I, I realize that I don't, so mm-hmm. I haven't. Yeah. Um, do you want to share with some of our younger listeners, maybe a lot of our audiences in high school, what kind of you've done to have good time management skills and kind of try and keep that balance, even if it doesn't work for you anymore, what might have worked in the past, because that's really important. And I'm sure you know you're very busy. Um, so how do you do it? I think one thing is just when you have things that fill your day, you, you make the time to do them. I find when I take breaks or I have less work, tasks take so much longer, even when they didn't before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just one thing. Another thing is I like to uh, create a task list. So I have a Google spreadsheet where I have a task name. I have notes on the task um, when it's due for me and a mark if, if I've completed it. Um, sometimes those are like one-off tasks, but I also have another tab for things that I like to do daily, um, like reading or uh, finishing homework. So that has helped visualizing things and writing them down. I cannot tell you how many times I've been so stressed out because I have all these things that I feel like I have to do and they're just like swirling around in my mind. And I'm like, if I just write it down, like then it at least won't be up there and clouding everything else, uh, all my other thoughts. So I also think having a, a good support system, not that it can always be chosen. Um, I feel very val- uh, lucky that my my parents have helped me create uh, study skills and time management skills. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's uh, as young people, we don't always have the, the choice for that. So th- those are just a few things that I try and do. There's some great shout outs to mom and dad in this podcast. I'm, I'm hoping maybe there's a new car for graduation or something. Just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> no, I'll be driving the Honda Odyssey minivan for a long, long time. So <laughs> it can fit a lot of stuff in it. 
Hey, it know, can. It can. And all oh. your friends. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Sophie, for our young listeners as well, it's so fun to hear where you are and where you're going, but I'd love you to share with us for a moment what that process was for you applying to colleges, choosing Georgia Tech, or if if what you were looking at, is that exactly where you wanted to land? What was this process these last 12 months leading up to where you are now with the choice and the acceptance? Okay, so before you answer that question, is it Georgia Tech or Georgia Institute of Technology? It's both. Georgia Tech, Tech, Georgia Institute of Technology, there's a million names you can call it. Okay. (laughs) What a whirlwind of a past 12 months. (laughs) I have never been something, never been through something so mentally challenging and exhausting that I did not expect. Yeah. Um, my, my experience is slightly different because, um, I think like Ed, my, my mom is an independent college consultant, college counselor. So I've always had her in my ear, uh, for guidance. So the process started out just me, like trying to look at all these different schools. Like I said, my mom kind of was like, Hey, maybe you should apply to this school. Maybe you'd enjoy that. But one thing I would highly recommend is like making a balanced list um the the MITs the Stanfords the Harvards they're fantastic but there's got to be a lot of variety of options on there um I applied to schools like uh University of Maryland I applied to the UC schools I applied to Georgia Tech um MIT Vanderbilt um a lot of other schools I, I applied to probably 18 schools I would probably, if I could do it again I'd probably do like 15 or less it was it, it ended up being uh, a bit too much how many essays you wrote yeah for those so, different dynamics of what they needed yeah so then the the essay writing process i had never written like that before everything that i had done at least in my education was all this like literary analysis and maybe maybe once you write like a personal narrative um for one class <laughs> and suddenly i was forced to not only write in a style that I hadn't before, but also to do this deep reflection about my life and what I had done and what I wanted to do moving forward. And that I think was the most um, energy draining and time consuming. And it was quite emotional. I, I didn't expect myself, not that, not that my essays were, my essays certainly weren't sob stories or they weren't emotional in that sense, but taking time to like look back on life Um, And at some points, feeling like I regretted certain things or sometimes feeling like I could have done something better. I have all these friends who are doing incredible things and I don't think I can compare. There were months where I just felt awful about myself. And it's it's I had never been through something like that. And it, it took that reflection. It took that time to build up my confidence again. And, and really come out stronger and realize like, no, I have done fantastic things and I have the power to do more things that I enjoy. So, and, and then aside from that, you know, there's like test taking and um, finally submitting those applications and paying a million of those uh, $75 application fees. And then <laughs> That's it's why the you game. drive a minivan. Yeah, see, there's the And then it's the waiting game. I was so anxious and like, I just want all the decisions to come out today. Oh, um, Ed calls that no man's land. That's what we, we yeah. did a whole episode on the, that waiting time called no man's land. Yeah. I took it during that period of time. 
I listen to a lot of different podcasts about um, recommendations. Uh, what, what do you do when waiting? Um, what to think, how to frame your mindset for when you do click that button that says view decision. Um, and that was really helpful for me. And then the days finally came. Luckily, Georgia Tech was one of the schools I got into first. I applied early action and got in. So the rest of the decisions, I'm like, okay, I got into like a school that I really want to go to. It wasn't the top of my list. I have to say, like, I, I wanted to go to MIT, but hey, everyone wants to go to MIT. And I, I don't know if I would have been ready for that, mm-hmm. which is okay. I applied to a few UC schools. I got waitlisted at Davis, rejected from UC San Diego and rejected from Berkeley, which I was shocked by. No kidding. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And I realized like a lot of these schools, which people in have said are safeties or targets really aren't anymore. It's getting so much more competitive. Yes. Um, and then there were a few more rejections that came. Um, actually, yeah, I, I didn't get into like schools like Tulane, um, but, at, but at the end of the, the, the process where I had gotten all of my decisions, I was deciding between Cal Poly San Luis Obispo mm-hmm. with um, their honors program, which I was really grateful to get into, um, Georgia Tech, um, University of Maryland with their honors program, and then Case Western Reserve University. And the, the final like deciding factors were really that I'm not sure if I want to go into med school, but I want to leave that option open. Mm-hmm. And Cal Poly Slow or San Luis Obispo, they don't have a hospital that's really near them that could provide the necessary volunteer or research opportunities I need. So unfortunately, that fell out. Um, and then it kind of came down to Case Western and Georgia Tech. And while Case Western has fantastic uh, research opportunities, they don't have as strong industry connections as I felt Georgia Tech did, at least the way that they promoted it. And because I'm not quite sure, I, I don't know if I want research or industry or entrepreneurship, Georgia Tech just seemed to have more flexibility and options with what I could study. And that's where the decision came down to. That's really that's, a deep like reflection and overview or I guess it's not even an overview but you really took your time to research your schools that's very impressive yeah Yeah. uh, that's a note for parents and other young people not only the school I agree with Capri but the opportunities surrounding the institution is Mm -hmm. how you ended up making that decision that's a huge huge writer downer for y'all out there listening that is a big big win yeah, not just the name. It's so much like, what can the school, you've already given the school what you could give. What can they give you? Nailed uh, it. Sophie, that's another big one. Can, that. Oh, uh, that. Totally. Bam. I, like I said, I've had a college counselor in my ear for like <laughs> almost uh, 20 years. <laughs> so. Yeah, so. And I, it obviously mm. paid off. Well done, mom. By the way, give mom a full shout out. What's mom's name? Uh, Katie Anderson. She runs a, a company called College Fit Orange County, if anyone's looking. So nice. Way to go, Katie. Thank you. But if we're going to give mom a shout out, let's give dad a shout out for all his STEM stuff. What's your dad? Yeah. Name? Yeah. His name is Niels Anderson. He's in Nor- Norway right now doing some, some business. So, wow. Uh, do you, by the way, we didn't even ask because we I did, probably didn't care at the time. But what about your family? You have brothers and sisters. What's the extent of family look like? 
Yeah, so I have one older brother. He's actually home right now. He goes to a university called SUNY Maritime, so State University of New York Maritime College. Do you know it, Capri? Yeah, I think there's a guy from my school who went there. Wow. Oh, yeah. So he um, is studying electrical engineering, and he is just fascinated by boats. He talks to me for hours about boats, and his name is Christopher. And I tell him, Christopher, like, I'm doing homework. Like, I don't want to hear about your boats. <laughs> um, he is going to work uh, for like an, on an oil tanker for the next few months um, wow. just off the coast of California. Love it. So, is he making yeah. it home for your graduation? No, he's leaving the day of my graduation. How rude. Oh, I know. How rude. How rude, <laughs> right. yeah. I know it's it's awful, but then other than that, I don't have any of your biological siblings. But my family has hosted exchange students, um, for exchange students, um, most of them for a year, um, for since I was in seventh grade, and that oh. has been such an incredible. Isn't um, that amazing? We did that as yeah. well. Loved it. Yes, and and mm. I would wholeheartedly call every single one of those uh, students family. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like when our first exchange student arrived, he was a senior in high school and I was just in seventh grade and he was from Switzerland and I was so nervous and I didn't talk to him at all. And it really like brought me out of a shell that I didn't realize that I had um, learning about his different cultural experiences, having someone new in the home. Um, it was just such a great opportunity. Wow. Incredible. Would you ever consider studying abroad or doing an exchange program? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I'm most excited about with Georgia Tech is that they have an integrated international program. So I can get um, my biomedical engineering degree um, with something called like the international plan um, where like I would be interning and studying abroad. So and I would have a full uh, fluency like and competence in another language. I, I don't know if I will pursue that. That's like a, a really hefty form of study abroad yes. that they have. Um, but entering in my freshman year, a lot of colleges have these like living learning community uh, sort of things right now where you choose to be with a group of students who have a similar interest. So mm -hmm. I've just decided to be a part of a, a global leadership living learning community where we'll be discussing UN sustainable development goals and exploring the different cultures in Atlanta. So I'm super excited awesome. for that. Impressive. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> now, my question, Sophie, with all the research you've done and what the college is going to be able to do for you in this transition and making sure that Engage stays going and thriving, have you already identified your Rotarian family in Georgia and what you plan on continuing as a Rotarian in this transition? Ooh, that's a really good question. I, my, actually, my grandpa sent me a link to the Rotaract Club in Atlanta. I'll okay. have, I haven't gone on their website yet, but I, I think that there is one either at Georgia Tech or just Atlanta as a whole. I am like considering continuing my Rotary experience uh, and continuing service. I have recently applied to be on the Youth Advisory Council for Rotary International. Oh. I have no clue if I'll get it. Um, but one of the You're things going to believe it's happening. It's done. Yeah, I, I hope so. I should find out somewhat soon, but one of the things that I'm most interested in continuing, um, uh, during this process, or if I continue on the youth advisory council is helping fellow, uh, interact students across the world, set up their own district interact councils, um, which is what I've been doing within my rotary district. So I've, I've created like well, it's not ready yet, but a website and a, a guide for students. 
So that's my my passion, little, little passion project that I hope turns into something. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds like you're working hard. Well, we're hardly working. <laughs> no, no I, I've been I've been taking. Some we host this little show over here. No? <laughs> I, I think podcasts are so cool. One of my favorite things to do to relax, um, or while I go on a little walk, is to listen to a podcast called No Stupid Questions uh, mm. with Angela Duckworth, who's a psychologist, and Stephen Dubner, um, who's an, an economist. So. Yeah, podcasts change lives. I have to tell you. So I love it. Well, make sure you subscribe, like, and follow this one so you don't miss an episode of the education yes. career and beyond. Look at him yeah. sliding right in there for that one. Well done. <laughs> Very well done. Sophie, I want to know if you have any questions for Capri because Capri just was where you were a year ago and here in Southern California and left to go to Purdue and then just came back. So she just came around the sun a full circle here in this process and what it's like to leave home and go through these transitions. I think there could be some, we've got a few minutes for maybe some quick conversation on what you're about to do from an emotional and mental standpoint of making this journey. Yes. So first, like, what do you study? And then second, advice, just any advice. I'm willing to take it. Awesome. Um, I study biomedical health sciences. So oh, my opinion is a perfect mix between everything I love about biology and the human body and everything I don't like about biology that doesn't apply to the human body. So it's really fun. Sorry, what was the second part of your question? Advice. Advice. Oh. Also, I understand plants. Oh. I, I want to study plants. <laughs> yeah plants are cool uh, we need them but I don't really enjoy studying them so um I'd say probably one of my biggest pieces of advice that I learned is that everything takes longer than you think it's going to be and so you got to give yourself that grace to just settle in I was like oh yeah like two months I think like that'll be plenty of time I'm not expecting to be settled in by the first two weeks no no two months will be fine and really nothing started like I felt very settled in and comfortable, but I don't know, past the first month of second semester is when everything really started gelling together. And I was like, wow, I've found my community, the people that I want to surround myself with, the people that I want to grow with and learn from. And that was just a really long time. I don't know, yeah. five or six months when I thought it was going to take two. So that's definitely a really big piece. And I think my other piece of advice is don't be afraid to miss things because for so long I was like, oh, like I don't miss anything. I don't miss anything. Mm -hmm. And then when I went home over Christmas, I was like, wow, like I actually did miss so much. And maybe by kind of suppressing those feelings, I actually did miss out on being able to connect with people, even though yeah. it would be from afar. So just being consciously aware that like, even though there's distance between you and the people that you used to see every single day, you can still miss them and connect with them without taking away from your college experience. Well, I, I got to pull up my notebook and like, right. <laughs> this is, yeah, those are things I've certainly been uh, thinking about and thank you for vocalizing that. Cause I, I didn't quite have the words for that yet. Do you have any advice on like making friends? It's not, it sounds so silly, but oh, no, like it's a deal. So no, it honestly, this one's really tough because in the first in the first bit, everyone is just so eager to make friends that you will meet every single person and every single person you talk to will be like, oh my gosh, like what's your snap? Oh my gosh, like we should do this. Oh my goodness, like let's go um, do this after this class ends. And while that's great and it's so 
um, fun and you feel so welcome getting to know everyone. A lot of those relationships, unfortunately, don't necessarily last because you meet 100, 200 people in your first week and a half there. Yeah. And there's no way for every single one of those relationships to be sustainable. So totally great to meet people. But just because you're meeting people doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I found my friends yet. It takes a little bit more effort. So just keep being consistent and pushing through and I guess persevering. That's, it's kind of boring advice, but. Hey, yeah. sometimes that's the best advice. Right? <laughs> so thank you. Of course. No, it's so exciting. I yeah. can't believe that. It just, it goes time flies and it's different than high school I think because everything is broken up into weeks or like minutes and you're like oh my gosh no way that was two months ago I thought that was last week and yeah here you are a year later and you're like whoa <laughs> yeah had that happen I'm, I'm so glad I'm not on the corner system because that sounds so fast it is so, yeah. yeah I think it's pretty fast I've been on trimesters my whole life before I got to college and I was like whoa semesters are so slow but then I'm like no they're no. not slow. I'm grateful that this is what I ended up choosing wow thank you that's fantastic of course I'm so glad the two of you got to connect like this. What a, this is awesome. what a great way for both of you to meet. I think it's it's just been so encouraging, Sophie, to hear all that you've already done. And and for us watching and knowing what you're about to step into and do and our love for Capri of knowing and watching her go through this as we've been discussing this on this show, even for the last 18 months. Capri started hosting the show when she was still in high school. And so we've walked wow. this journey with her as well. And to have this conversation here with you is really, really awesome. Ed, do you have any last questions for Sophie? I do. One, Sophie. <laughs> two, actually, two questions. If we ever need a guest host, would you ever be interested in uh, helping us host this? Yes. 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 Absolutely. I love talking with people. Okay. I love, love it. Because Capri has got some quite a few summer activities that she may be out of pocket, <laughs> and we would love to have you. Sounds great. Yeah. I, I know. I've got some exciting summer plans too. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Awesome. Um, the other question that I've been trying to wrap my head around is um, in vitro fertilization. I have to know, how did that become something that you zeroed in on and literally are super excited to get involved and develop um, solutions to that? I've never heard any young person in my entire life say, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to solve this <laughs> fertilization situation. Can you talk a little bit about how that came into your into your life and your focus? Yeah, my parents um, were living in Norway, trying to, to have kids, and they couldn't uh, for years. And they realized that in vitro fertilization was the only way to do it. And so they were super fortunate to be living in Norway at that time. Um, it's a country where for the first kid, it does not matter how many attempts it takes. It doesn't matter if you fail every single time. It's free. Um, whereas here in the U.S., every single attempt, does if it fails or not, is around $12,000. Oh. So my, my parents had my brother. And then so then the second kid, you have to pay. So my parents paid for me. Uh, it was free for my brother. Well, they are getting their money back with you. Let me say that was a good investment. <laughs> Um, and my, my parents, I'm so grateful. They've always been so open about the fact that 
Um, like fertilization and children didn't happen naturally for them. It was a very open and honest conversation. Um, and I've, it's never been a secret. So we, and, and then this year when I've really been becoming interested in science or in the past few years, last year I took a biotechnology um, like dual enrollment class at my school um, where for the first time I was consistently working in a lab um, almost every single day of the week. And um, so then not only did I understand that in vitro fertilization was this thing that gave me life, um, but now I was in the lab and I was like, I can really see myself doing this. I enjoy the lab environment. Um, and why, why wouldn't I want to give back and improve something that, that made me, that is so important. Um, and there, are, and so then I started doing research on what are current issues in IVF. So, so other than cost, which is one of the reasons I'm interested in pursuing, um, like international, um, uh, develop or not development, but, um, being in an international environment, but then also policy, um, uh, where was I going with this? Sometimes I lose my train of thought. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I started doing research on what were the different problems. And I mean, uh, storage of eggs, they have to be frozen and that costs a lot of money. Also equity and access um, is not fantastic. Um, and then also the methods of doing it. Currently you have to take sh multiple rounds of shots and it's, it's I mean, painful and I, there are certainly other ways that it could happen. So uh, if something can be improved, if I want to do it, why, uh, why not? Sophie, you are a blessing to the world and you have been an amazing blessing to us here today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. It's been so wonderful to talk with all of you. I, I could talk about this stuff for hours. You might have the chance. We'll have you back. Yes, we'll have you back and we want to take you up on guest hosting. We th That happens often and we would love to have you on the rotation if you're available, that you come back and join us. Thank you. I'd be honored. Ed, will you take us home? I will. Um, this has been a, a very, very exciting conversation. Um, just the interchange between Sophie and Capri about what her college experience is Sophie sharing what her application process was. That's why we do the show. We want young people to interact with other young people as, you know, old folks like uh, I am, just to hear the excitement, the enthusiasm. Amy, I ain't ever going to say no. that. No, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Um, just the excitement, enthusiasm, it's really inspiring. And that's why we do this show. So, so Sophie, on behalf of Amy and Capri, we really, really appreciate you sharing your story and your journey. And that's why we founded this show, right? So it's about the education, it's the career and the beyond. Sophie, you're in step one and two of that conversation. We can't really wait to hear more about your journey and what's beyond in your future. So like we always say, if you like the show, give it a little thumbs up, share it with other people. I think um, Sophie's heard conversation was amazing and if you want to hear more about it subscribe and it'll pop up and let you know when we're having our next show and then of course on behalf of my two lovely co-hosts this is ed sanderson we're gonna let you go we'll see you in the next episode of education career and beyond